Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 58, which starts with Frodo running toward the end of the ferry, or the, yeah, the ferry, no, what's that called? The pier. And ends with uh, Mary looking behind him in uh, paranoia at the gates of Bree. We've made it to Bree. Yes. Thank Like, it only took an hour. Thank Iluvatar. Iluvatar. Praise Iluvatar. <laughs> yes. Thank the maker. So, okay, so on Monday we were talking about maps. Yes. And we did a little digging, and apparently it wasn't J.R.R. Tolkien that did the maps at all. It's Christopher Tolkien. Which, he, did, he did. He apparently did most of the maps that accompanied the original the first editions. Printing. So apparent, like, which makes sense. Yeah. Because he's been like the keeper of his father's work for the past sixty years, almost. Yeah. He's been helping his. He helped his dad like organize notes and get stuff together when he was still alive, and then right. he became the keeper of all of the writings in the Tolkien estate. Yeah. So that see, I mean. So it makes sense that the map would correspond with the writing exactly, yeah. which is why everything's in a straight line. I mean, I feel like there must have been some amount of sketches to work off of and some amount of, like, more descriptive writing about the geography in general. Yeah. But, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting to think that Christopher did all that. I still think that everything's a little compressed in this one, though. Yeah, definitely. And we looked at the map in the movie... Uh, in our extended edition, and it's basically the same map. Right. It which, is, it's the same map as in my books. Which so. makes it feel like, I mean, there's no reason they couldn't have been running for another day. I mean... Because if the horses, if the, the black riders have to go 20 miles out of their way, upriver or downriver, and then cross, and then come 20 miles back the other way... Well, no, they wouldn't go 20 miles back. They just had debris. Yeah. But if they were going to go 20 miles out of the way... Twenty miles, and on a not horse. sure, and not be sure where on the other side of the river the hobbits went. So they have to spread back out and search on the other side of the river. I don't know. I still think my head canon is that it all happens in the same night. I think it makes much more sense if it's the next night. It also adds to their paranoia if they've been running for another whole day. Yeah, but then why? Because it's raining now, and it wasn't it wasn't really raining much. It was misty. It was misty, but it wasn't like raining in that previous scene, and now it's pouring. Which you can totally tell is fake. Yes. <laughs> you can totally tell it's just like someone pouring rain water out of a bucket up top. And it's not even the close-up shots on people. It's like that first establishing shot when yeah. they walk up to Bree. You can kind of tell that it's just kind of... Yeah, because you, and you can really tell that it's like a spotlight through the rain. Yeah. Also, there's like the moon. The moon doesn't shine when it's raining. Right. Unless there's, like, a break in the clouds. Right. Otherwise, but if there was a break in the clouds, why would it be pouring? I mean, that happens sometimes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it can can rain even if the sky's relatively clear. Yeah, sun showers or anything. But, I don't know. Moon showers. I just think it's really funny that... It it looks, like, super fake. Yeah. I mean, not super... They do they do a decent job. It's just, you know, when you're hyper-analyzing hyper every minute of a yeah. movie, you're going to tell that, oh, that's fake. That's fake, Rain. 
Though what I didn't know is when we were talking about yesterday about how some of the close-up whispery shots of them in the woods was done in a studio. Right. Because so, the lighting's they, really well done. Yeah, they do a lot of things really well. But, you know, there's just some things you can't replicate yeah. 100%. Rain, like rain is one of them. <laughs> and some sometimes you can tell more than you can in other places. Like, the, the rain at the beginning of the next minute looks more convincing than the rain outside the door of Brie. Wait, run that by me again? So the, the rain inside Brie in yeah. the next minute looks much more convincing than the rain here yeah. because of the light shining down through the rain in this boat in this minute oh so it like really so the raindrops all look like too big and the rain doesn't look super convincing here because of the lighting oh i don't know i guess we'll i think that really adds to it it also it strangely doesn't quite sound right well it's it's mud though yeah you're used to hearing rain on pavement that's true and like dirt, not like gross mud. Gross mud, which we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about the mud later. <laughs> there's a there's a funny thing that happens where you kind of wonder how did that happen. Well, it's, don't spoil it. We're talking about this minute, minute yes. fifty eight. Minute fifty eight. Minute fifty eight. So one of my favorite that. kind of like maybe it's not supposed to be like played as a gag, but to me it always kind of came off as one mm-hmm. is the guy looks through the window up top and then he bends over and looks through a second oh, window lower that. down. It's it's one of my favorite like gags in the movie. I don't think it's supposed to be a gag. I would, I would say that it adds more to the world because like you have this guy and he's clearly like a human yeah. and he stands up and he looks at the human hole, the human hole. Oh my God. I should rephrase that better. The, well, it's his people. He's like looking yeah, for the yeah, human-sized yeah. people, <laughs> the human-height people. And he's just like, ah, somebody just knocked on this door. Oh, they must be lower down. And it's like, he looks through a smaller one. I, that's a gag in cartoons. No, it is. But I think it adds to the world because this is clearly a spot where hobbits go a lot yeah. or often enough that they needed an additional. But more especially dwarves. Oh, true. Yeah. Which are like, you know, only a little taller than hobbits. Yeah. Hobbits. Like, four, four hobbits. hobbits. <laughs> Surprised. <laughs> like, apparently hobbits don't travel in groups of four out towards Bree. It's usually, maybe it's just, like, one random guy, like, maybe just Farmer Maggot. Well, I would... I always took that as four hobbits after dark. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. He, I bet you he has, like, a bingo card. It's just like, oh, four hobbits. <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> now I just need to find 12 dwarves. <laughs> You're 50 years too late, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's that's just always been one of my... I've always kind of taken it as like a bit of a gag, and it's just supposed to be like a really quick sight gag to yeah. kind of break up the paranoia for the I, audience. No, I, I always... I think that's so... Fu- it's really funny, but I also like that it is a world-building thing. Yeah. It's a little world-building element. Then they, they have to have the two doors so the watchman can yeah. see the, the little people. I always appreciate a joke that also serves a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, the way he delivers the four hobbits line is a little comical. Yeah, four hobbits. <laughs> hobbits. Four hobbits. <laughs> oh. He looks a little like Filch. Yeah, he does. But it's not but the it's same not. actor. No, it's not Filch, but he looks like Filch. I think it's just because it's like... It's like the slightly balding, scraggly gray hair. Yeah, like creepy dude. Yeah. With like the big nose and the be- kind of beady eyes. Yeah. Just like, what's going on here? 
It's definitely not the same guy, no, though. No, it's not. It's definitely not. And we get that, that turnaround shot with Mary looking all paranoid at the very end of this minute. Yeah. Just kind of turns around in the rain. He's just like like twitchy, kind of. They talk about how they, um, Frodo, Pippin, and Sam in that shot are the scale doubles. And yeah. then since we see the close-up on Mary's face and they can't have the creepy rubber mask over someone's face, they just have... Dominic McMonaghan on his knees. Yeah, he's just he's, a little bit behind the scale double yeah, on his knees. just standing on his knees, and then he just kind of turns around real quick. Yeah, he mentions that the mud was particularly uncomfortable. Yeah, I would imagine so. Especially like on his knees in the mud. Especially if you're being rained on and yeah. taking multiple takes, and you're yeah. just in the mud. So, like, this this gate scene here before they go through the door, I believe, is on a sound, is like on a stage in a studio. That makes sense. Wasn't Bree? Bree's, but a Bree's bigger, not right? a studio. Oh, the the uh, the exterior of Bree that we're going to see in the next minute is not a studio. I thought they made like a bigature. There's, but they built it on a location somewhere. Oh, they nailed a bunch cool. of facades to the sides of buildings. But the the buildings are way bigger than the hobbits. Are. Yeah, they're way oversized for the hobbits to walk around in. Oh, but thought, not I... on the street, like the street shot of the hobbits. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But, like, the street shot of the Hobbits is them walking around a set that was built somewhere. Hmm. But, yeah, th this this minute is mostly them just, like, kind of continuing to run. Right. And be paranoid at the Gate of Bree with the rain. Not a lot's going on here. Although, it, it is kind of also, like, an iconic image of the four Hobbits at the door to Bree in this movie. There's a lot of shots you could, like, pull out to use as, like, iconic, like, production shots through this section of the movie. Yeah. Because it's our four little heroes. Well, I mean, and a lot of stuff happens in Brie, like a lot of important things. Like we'll talk about it next week, but there's that really iconic shot with Aragorn yeah. in the pub. So at, yeah, a at, lot of stuff at the sign of the prancing pony. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. Well, we get a lot, a lot of stuff happens real quickly in Brie too, and then I think that there's like a lot more exposition in the book at that point than what we really get in the movie in Brie. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more. A lot more goes on because Butterbur is more of a character in the books than he is in the movie. Right, but I mean, at this point, we're an hour in, and we just now have our four heroes together. Our first four heroes. You need to kind of, you know, yeah, we need keep, to, we keep need, it going. We need to go you can't in here. just like once the momentum because they they spend like an hour building the momentum. Once the momentum is on, you can't stop until you hit Rivendell. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, it's just like, why? We get like a brief pause with another comical moment in Brie, and then we like, the momentum picks right back up. Right. And, and then we then we're introduced to our fifth hero next week. Next week. Soon. Soon. Vigo. <laughs> hmm. But there's really not much to this minute other than like the little bit with like Dominic McMonaghan is the only like normal sized person there in that shot. Yeah. The three scale doubles in front of him. The like sight gag ish moment with the, the two windows and Brie. I've always thought that was great. Yeah, I really do. It's so that. funny. I love that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think that wraps that up. Yeah, it was a quick minute today. We are from the website duelinggenre.com. You can email us contact at Lord of the Rings we're on Twitter at LOTR Minute, Tumblr, LOTRMinute.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook as well as join our listener group. Um, 
You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you are so inclined. Please and thank you. And as well, you can check out our other podcasts on dueling genres, such as The Doctor's Companion, which is our Doctor Who podcast that I co-host with Scott and Nick. Scott and Nick host Back to the Future Minute, which is coming back next month. Geek by Night also returns next month. It's our fictional audio drama podcast, and we're very proud of it. And new, the newest addition to the Dueling Genre family is Harry Potter Minute, so you can check all of those out on the site. We also have a Patreon page, which is which you can access from duelinggenre.com slash support, as well as a one-time donation button and merch. The slash is very important. It is. As you told me yesterday. It is. I need a button. <laughs> you need a button. <laughs> and the slash is very important. <laughs> special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Have a good Wednesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.